A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my god. No, no, no. <laughs> no I didn't. <laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. It's playoff time. It's playoff time. I, I could smell it in the air. Teams are... It, I'm just too tired. I need to have my coffee right now. I'm just so excited. Last night's call championship game. Uh, it, the point, disappointing, but also it was you saw a great team play. Like You, you can't argue about like the dominance that Michigan had. But I, I'm looking ahead to this next week. I'm looking ahead to last week's football. And honestly, this is a great time of year. I don't know. Yeah, but how everything's about you? been set. All the seeds have been set. Mm. Um, it was a good. It was a good weekend. Yeah, obviously the the college CFP final yesterday. So yeah, we got lots to talk about. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, listeners. Which matchup for Week One are you most excited about for this coming playoff? Uh, let us know at our Twitter at Improper Fantasy, or go ahead and message us at Improper Fantasy Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know which matchup. Just really, really get you riled up for this weekend. Like I have one at the top of my head that I'm like, I have to watch this one. But Biz, before we do that, let's talk a little bit about fantasy. How did you do in fantasy this past week? Oh, I did amazing. I actually, I actually tried to set my lineup anyway, but I realized <laughs> I realized that you it doesn't actually table your scores, it just goes zero. Yep. yep. Yeah. So even though after after the Pittsburgh game. I saw, I saw that Najee Harris had a good game and it had like 26 points. But yeah, I've started to become like you. Like I'm so <laughs> into fantasy that I still want to do the scores even when I'm not playing. And even mm. when, you know, I finish second. Um, and I do have a bone to pick with you too about the, oh, pigskin, no. challenge, the pigskin challenge password. I almost... As, as well, a, the listeners don't even know about that. No, they don't. But you can enlighten them soon. <laughs> so... Uh, listeners, uh, we were talking before for like weeks or weeks or so about being excited about doing the NFL.com playoff challenge. It's the way that NFL yeah. has done their playoff fantasy the past several years. Well, uh, to, much to my chagrin, for weeks and weeks, I couldn't find any information online about the playoff challenge. I'm like, oh, well, I can't even find my old groups. I can't see this. And ultimately, just a few days ago from today, like over the weekend, NFL.com made a post that said, uh, we've decided to discontinue the playoff challenge. Uh, we're, we hope that you've enjoyed it the past couple of years. Thank you very much for your support. And I'm just like, wait, what? That's it? That's it? Like, no heads up, like, months and months and months ahead of time. Like, maybe they said something a while ago, but clearly nothing in the fantasy channels that indicated anything like that. So despite the fact that I've been hyping up this awesome method to play fantasy football in the playoffs, we will not be using NFL.com's fantasy playoff challenge. However... I was on the internet and I was just scouring what's the best way to do playoff fantasy on short notice for our fantastic, fantastic listenership. And ultimately, I found that what the easiest way to do, since our league uses ESPN and since a wide range of people use ESPN as their primary uh, fantasy 
portal and channel is we are going to make a group in the ESPN Pigskit Bracket Challenge. And essentially what this is, is if you've ever done March Madness, you go ahead and pick who you think is going to win in the first round, and then all of your winners move forward to the second round, and you pick those in a head-to-head. You essentially just fill out your bracket for the playoffs. Uh, instead of 65, 68, like you would have in the March Madness yeah, bracket, there's only yeah. 13. So as long as you're perfect, like I am every single year in the playoffs, um, uh, you, you should course. be able to do this pretty pretty easily. I've already got mine set. Um, of course, I'm going to see how the rest of the week goes to be able to give me as much information as I possibly can. But uh, Biz, you said you had a bump to pick with me. Yeah, um, for, for our fantastic listeners, as, as our co-host said, my esteemed co-host decided to set the password as, why don't you, why don't you enlighten them? I almost don't want to say it, you know, and almost <laughs> as, a, as a symbol of protest, I may not sign up due to, due to this password. Being, so I may not, I may not. I was very offended. So the name, the name of uh-huh. the group is Improper Playoff Fantasy Football Group. And honestly, That's he fine. mentioned that I there's know. a pat. Yeah, no problem with that. I said a group password because I was like, hey, I want the listeners to be able to join this. But quite frankly, I'm, I honestly don't. I'm honestly contemplating taking the password off and just making it public to make it easier for people to join. But for the time being, I have a password on. And the password is, with each word having a capital letter at the beginning of it and no spaces, it is Kelly is champ. Because he is the top of our league right now. He's the champion. Um, and I even put Biz in the group message for the league so that he could have some front-facing idea. The, the group message for the league is, you don't want to lose to Biz, do you? So he, I didn't see that. So that's another, <laughs> another shot fired. So whilst he is the champ, he is. Did did he did he have did he have the season with the team that punched most above their weight? No, I don't believe he did. No, he I just beat that everybody yours, more yours than anybody truly. else. Yours How truly. could he go so, above his so weight? The, he was a dominating like favorite every single match. Exactly. That's what. But that's exactly what I'm saying. That uh, like pound for pound on paper, his team was certainly maybe along with Andy, but probably even Kelly's over that. Even though he didn't finish number one. Kelly was probably predicted to be the champ anyway. It wasn't hard to look at his team, particularly when you have Tyreek Hill and Lamar Jackson, given what they've done this season. So, whereas yours truly, I didn't really have the greatest team and finished all the way, went, went all the way to the title game, you know, just was pipped at the post, could have even won. So, personally, I think the password should be Biz had the best season this year. That's too long for a password, though. It's no, way too long for a password. That's fine. Like, how many people listening to this podcast are going to try to type that in, and it's going to say uh, your password doesn't match or your password is incorrect because it's just so long. I can guarantee every, you, everyone. you are going to I'll not get the password it. in. No, I'll you'll remember, remember it. You no, just won't I'll type it in right. <laughs> you just won't type it in right. Uh, well, so, the, yeah, as a symbol of protest, you know, that password's got to change. Honestly, I just may open it up and make it a public group. It doesn't really make okay. sense to make it private. I thought it was fun to put that in and to like give homage to uh, our newest member of the league who also won the championship his first year, which honestly I think is a fantastic fantastic uh, feat in and of itself. Uh, now, next year, we just need to not give him so many, uh, oh, you're new. Let's go ahead and just give you a fair shot. No, we need, a, you know, we need, we need to cut him down next year, of course. If you are interested in joining 
uh, our league. Once again, it is Improper Playoff Fantasy Football Group. And if you happen to, to beat us, then, well, we'll probably not acknowledge it because, of course, the two of us have to be the best. But uh, we'll, we'll see how the, how the week goes on week to week to week to week. Um, one side note before I leave, I, I, I'm actually not shocked that NFL.com ditched their playoff challenge. I don't know if you noticed, but like the interface that they had when you looked on your, your phone or like on, on just a normal browser, it looked like it was coded on Xbox 360, like the size of the buttons, the fonts <laughs> they used, like it, it just didn't look new designed. So it's clear that they hadn't invested a lot of effort in, in upkeeping it, but it's just a shame because I felt that it was the best way in the past to play fantasy playoff. But pigskin challenge, excited. Football from this past week that while some teams decided to rest their players, uh, I'm thinking about the fans from Baltimore and San Francisco who both of their teams lost, but at the same time, not really anything happened as far as like their seating. They guaranteed the number one spot the week before, but we do have some very impactful and interesting matchups that took place this past week. Uh, Biz, what was your most interesting matchup from this past week? The Texans winning the division coupled with Jacksonville, bit of a choke job against Tennessee. I mean, we all know division matchups are hard, but Tennessee were playing with house money. They didn't have anything to lose. They played kind of loose and free. The J- Jacksonville, I mean, they were eight and three, uh, just uh, not six six games ago, and yeah. you know they fell to what one and five, very similar to the Eagles. They fell to one and five down the stretch. Um, again, to have it in your hands that you know, you know, win and you're in, win and you win the division. Um, so I, th- I think that you know the Jackson Jacksonville had a bit of a choke job there, but that coupled with you know the Texans winning the division. That whole story has just been great. That being said, I don't think enough credit has been given to the Colts at the same time because no, the Colts had Gardner, obviously Anthony Richardson went down early in the season. Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania, but he, you know, he came in and got the Colts to the brink of the playoffs. Hell of Again, a job. It, was a, it was a winning, winning you're in. And I know that, and I'm the same, everyone wanted to see the Texans CJ Stroud. Of course, of course. It's a better story. CJ Stroud. But nobody um, would be rooting against Gardner Minshew had he gone into the No, box. no, I agree. But I th- that game, I mean, the Colts did have chances to win it at the end. Yes. Um, but I am I am happy for CJ Stroud. I mean, that first play um on their first series, um, to Nico Collins. I mean, Nico Collins just showed up big time. He had a hell of a season. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, so just happy for that whole team franchise. I think everyone's rooting for CJ Stroud and Nico Collins and D'Amico Ryans. They've just, you know, their the turnaround from last year has just been been great. Um, and you know, again, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat if they beat Cleveland. We'll get into that um, down the line. Yeah. But I think for me, that's that was the biggest story but there were others i mean obviously the eagles just completely wetting the bed against the sure Giants L- let's Dallas. stay with the texans and, and yeah colts let's stay with the though. texans let's stay with the um, texans and colts yeah but um so that was uh you know that was that was a great story for me um and i'm really happy to see them in the playoffs uh, yeah, I I can't disagree with that. The whole AFC South saga that took place, uh, you saw the crumbling of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you had the 
the the couple of weeks that Trevor Lawrence uh wasn't looking right because he was yes injured. um yeah and, and then he d- never really resolved like look he never looked really healthy after that no whole thing. I don't and think I don't know if it was fully, physically... I don't think he's fully recovered I don't think he's, he's fully recovered I don't know if it's a situation where he didn't really recover or if he yeah. just doesn't have the confidence after the issue had had happened yeah so I I have to give my hat I, I have to just What's take my take my hat off? That's what the thing is. I'm not wearing a hat. I'll take them off my take my cap. Take my uh, cap. Take my cap off. Uh, to the Houston Texans, the D'Amico Ryan's who took this team, who had the number two overall pick in the draft, got their franchise quarterback, traded up to number three by moving up a couple of picks. Um, got Will Anderson Jr., who is one of the players who's in contention for defensive rookie of the year. Like we may have back to back seasons where offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year are playing on the same team. Last year, the Jets did it. This year, the Texans may do that. Um, and you're going to be, gosh, the, the, the thing that really sticks out to me is a lot of people know that this team is up and coming. People think of Stroud. And you and I just talked about Collins, but not too many people are talking about the weapons that are on this team. No, like when we sure. were watching that game, Mark, improper Mark in our chat had said, well, they just need one, one good running back and this team's going to go off. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, Damian Pierce is not doing anything. I said, they got Devin Singletary. And while he was not great in years past, he's looked really good this year. And lo and he, behold, 10 minutes later, he scores a touchdown. Yeah, he has. And and also, you know, Tank Dell was was great, that duo. And then he Tank got injured. Dell, so, yeah. Um, so they they have a lot of pieces there to be very good over the over the next four or five years. Um, and, I mean, if CJ Stroud... I mean, here's a question. I mean, if CJ Stroud continues on this path... I mean, he he looks scary. I mean, he 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 could be, he could be. I mean, people are already talking about him in that upper echelon and elite quarterback status. I mean, I, I, I said there's a chance he becomes the next Justin Herbert. Well, I wouldn't go that far, mate. You know, <laughs> you know how I feel. You know how I feel about my man, Justin. Sure, Hill. but what I mean is, like, he's that rookie guy who just impresses you in the first year. Has the arm, has the confidence. Nobody thought he was the best quarterback in his class, and then no. he just goes out and says, "I'm just good at everything. I don't have to yeah. run around and do everything. I'm just a good prototypical quarterback." And yeah. that's what Justin Herbert showed, and was just great himself every year afterwards. I think I bet, Stroud may be the next true. one. That's true. Although I'll tell you who probably is most pleased is Ohio State because finally they can say there's a, a great Ohio State quarterback that came. Get that off um, their back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be happy for Ohio State fans. Probably not after last night, but at the same time, college football. No, no like, that's true. Neither of us went to any of these schools. What are we really defending here? <laughs> um, you were bringing up the Eagles at some point, just the miraculous Ooh. collapse they had down the stretch. Um, Man. What are your I thoughts? Bet ta- I, I don't know. It, it was stunning to me because I watched some of it. But when it got to 24-0, and then the Giants um, the Giants had a chance to score a touchdown at the end of the first half, um, and I think time ran out. Um, I, I believe, yeah, it was 24-0 at halftime, and you're, this was a chance. I mean, I know it didn't make any difference because Dallas won, but again, you don't know that. And there was a chance that the Eagles could have won the division and also finished as the number two seed. And again, what, what a choked job. I mean, I, I, I don't know what has happened to them over the last six weeks. Um, it's, as you talk about, a collapse. I, they are, I bet Tampa Bay are licking their lips at, at getting the Eagles. Now, I will chat about that a bit later, but 
at the same time, I think the Eagles are probably happy that they are playing Tampa of, of all the teams they could play. But um, I do think actually it's good for the Eagles just to go away from home and, and sort of get away from that sort of fan base of Philadelphia. Because if they were playing at home and things start to get, you know, squeaky bum time, as um, Alex <laughs> Ferguson, the Manchester United manager, used to say, when, when things get tight, you know, and when the, when the, you know, when the chips are on the line and when everything is counts and that, that fan base, everyone knows what they're like and if they get on their team. And I actually think it's going to help Philadelphia just almost, you know, when you need a break, just going away and just like, right, we can just concentrate on ourselves for a bit. Um, but it was, it, it was bad. And, and they just haven't shown any signs of improvement. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're just going in the wrong direction. They have been for over a, of six weeks now um, and I just don't see where the, where the rot is going to stop yeah they, they went what a one in five down the stretch as well they, they had a, a, yeah. a almost a mirror image of what the Jaguars did like just from the AFC mm-hmm. to the NFC um, when I was watching these Eagles teams it seems to me like they're trying to show forth a lot of their toughness early on, and then they just don't finish. And part of that is the toughness of their defense, where they're just letting defensive plays, uh, sorry, they're letting offensive big plays happen on the other side of the ball, or they're just not able to keep up with what the consistent hard firepower from their opponents have been. Um, it was clear when we were watching both the Eagles and the Cowboys down the stretch that the Cowboys were, they were fighting to prove that they are again going to be the big brother of the division, despite the fact that the Eagles have been there for the past number of years. Uh, And I think at this point, the Cowboys are not just like top of the division because they're the champion, but they're showing that they're the dominating team in that division. Um, I have thoughts about why I think that's happened. Um, I I ranted and raved this past offseason about the departure of one of whom I believe was one of their best defensive pieces in Javon Hargrave. Uh, who I put is one of the top three defensive tackles in the league, and they let him go in free agency to uh, San Francisco, um, where (laughs) they were trying to focus on their aging veterans that had been there forever, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. They may be Hall of Famers, by the way. I have to double-check the numbers, but they're just stalwart vets who have done fantastic jobs. And then they've infused the line with a lot of uh, youth as well in Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis over the past couple of years, but they don't really have this, I'm an experienced but young power that they've had before. They've got aging veterans who are wily, who can do what they need to. And they've got these guys who Jalen Carter, also potential defensive rookie of the year candidate, because he's, he looked fantastic. You just did see the dominating presence along the pass rush line. I'd say for the second half of the season. And when you do that, if your secondary isn't great, they start to let up plays because what happens every single offensive play if the quarterback has infinite amount of time? Somebody gets open. And if the quarterback has an infinite amount of time, that's because the pass rush is not cutting down the time of the play. Yeah. So that's that's my analysis on why I think the Eagles are not doing as well is because they let Javon Hargrave go and it's exposing their secondary after letting some of their players go. Sure, but I, I mean, that's one side of the ball. And, and I think you're right, defensively, they've been pretty shocking over the last mm-hmm. few. I mean, they, everyone's noticed that. They just, no one can stop them. They can't get off the field. But at the same time, I think um, offensively, they've been spluttering a bit. There hasn't been the same 
Jalen Hurts between has Jaylen been Hurts yeah, and 100%. receivers and you know uh, so I, I think there are issues on both sides of the ball that have obviously contributed to their sort of demise over the last six weeks. I don't want to just say that like hey the injury that uh yeah, Jalen Hurts has been suffering simplistic. from yeah. it, it's just like oh it's just the injury. I mean like he's been playing injured for two years. You could make the argument that he has just been beaten down. And that he is just starting to fall apart and they just really need to give him like a month of not doing anything. Problem was, is because yeah. of how good the Cowboys were, they couldn't really put the whole offense in Marcus Mariota's hands. They had to just yeah. let Jalen Hurts continue to do what Jalen Hurts does. But I think they're I think Jalen needs to give himself like a good evaluation. I don't know if he needs any surgery for the injuries that he sustained. Yeah. But he really needs to put himself back together because like the Giants have good uh, talent on their team um, as long as they have a decent quarterback and they can surprise you and get you. Um, didn't the the Giants beat the Eagles in the last week of the season? As in just this last week? Yeah, yeah. Giants yeah, beat the Eagles 27 them. to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They so, that's what I was like, saying. That, you like, can't, yeah. like, and, and that's the point that I was trying to make. Even though, like, the Giants are an abysmal team this season, like they're not devoid of talent. If you let one of the, if you get let Saquon Barkley go, if you don't block Kayvon Thibodeau because your receivers can't get open, um, like you're still going to lose to the other teams in your division. Like Washington doesn't have Chase Young or Montez Sweat anymore, so they're probably going to slide back a little bit depending on what happens this offseason. But you you can't just like rest on your laurels and say, well, I know he's banged up and injured. You, you've got to give your guy the chance to be able to recover. Yeah. Or else you'll lose five out of six. Anyway, I, I can rant about this all day. And I think that both you and I are getting tired about like the Eagles underperforming based <laughs> on the talent. How about we move on to another game? Why don't you say? Yeah. Well, obviously the Packers get in. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I, you know, I'm I'm happy for the Packers and Jordan Love. Um, they've the, the stats against Chicago. Is this the? I cannot remember how many times the Packers have um, owned them, beaten Chicago. Yeah, as Aaron Rodgers <laughs> used to say. But it's it's insane when I saw the stat. I can't remember how many um, how many games the Packers have beaten them on the trot. Um, but it's it's a lot. But Congrats to the Packers and Jordan Love. I mean, after everything that happened last year, there were all these questions. Is Jordan Love going to be the guy? I think he's already shown that he can be a capable... And I think comparing him to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at this stage is a bit of a stretch. But mm -hmm. I think he's already shown glimpses of he can be the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Absolutely. Um, they're, they're almost ahead of schedule, I would say, at the moment. I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to get in the playoffs this year. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see them go to Dallas um, in the wildcard weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy, uh, happy for the Packers, um, happy for Jordan Love because there were a lot of question marks about him as well. Um, and it, no, and he's looked really good the last. And, it, and it's half also, season. you know, being the guy that follows Aaron Rodgers, it's like you you don't. They're, they're, those are big shoes to fill, um, and he stepped in and, and done a kind of admirable job so far 32 touchdowns to 11 interceptions i think this year i think um, so. he's thrown for over four thousand yards i mean that's a good that's a good year hell of a job for your yeah 
and I still think that you know they're a young team. That receiving core is kind of developing too. So I think I think they're going to be better next year probably as well. That's um, scary to think about. Yeah. So it was all in all a, ve- a very good year for the Packers. So remember that the Packers started off really, really poorly. I think that they, through October, they were two and five. And they ended up leaving October without a single win that whole month. Since then, they went three and one in November. And then after November, they went four and two. Yeah. Like this was a team that like you are seeing the patience of the organization. They've already invested so much. They took yeah. him the first round a number of years ago. They never traded him away. They held on to him using his contract on the bench, even yeah. though they weren't taking advantage of the fact that it's a rookie contract there. They gave yeah. him an additional year in in extension. It wasn't necessarily a franchise tag. It was a con- is it extra year. Or sorry, it wasn't a fifth-year option. It could be more than a fifth-year option based off of his play, and it could be less than a fifth-year option based off of his play. And he said, you know what? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll bet on myself. Kudos to him. This was a fantastic show, and the rest of the NFC North must be furious that another Hall of Fame quarterback is leaving, and he's got a genuine starter on their hands afterwards. Yeah, yeah. The continuity there is is just incredible. It's a bit Almost like the Steelers disgusting. with their coaches. Yeah, yeah so, to, be, to be that lucky to have Brett Favre, then Aaron Rodgers, luck? and now Jordan Love. Um, and even even with Indianapolis, you know they had Peyton Manning, and they had Andrew Luck as well. So yeah, um, it is it is kind of kind of nauseating at the same time. You know you have to con- you know tip your cap to the talent evaluators, the people in Absolutely. the front office that that Absolutely. like no, this can be the guy. Um, yeah, Gutekunst and uh, Lafleur for the Packers. Like yeah, the uh, it's not it doesn't have an owner. Uh, it's a uh, the group is run. As it's a business, it has a precedent. They they didn't panic when they saw uh, the decline of Aaron Rodgers last season and how the rest of the team played. They're like, okay, yeah. we're just gonna we're we're now in the transition period, and they planned for that. Um, the whole league chastised them for taking Jordan Love when it was Aaron Rodgers showed that he still had some time, and then he went and won two MVPs, and then last year didn't look great. But yeah, this is. Honestly, obviously, I was not happy at the way that that game ended against the Packers because had the Packers lost, then the Seahawks would have gotten in the playoffs. I made a comment in the chat about this. I have to get in my obligatory Seahawks reference before we move on because we clearly don't need to talk about them for the rest of the podcast, I think. Oh, you must um, be upset or at least there. I mean, it's not really an upset. Like, they haven't played like a team that's deserved this, this season, especially down the stretch. Um, they couldn't beat the 49ers or the Rams in any of their meet up, meetups, so it's clear they weren't really going to do yeah, that, anything in the playoffs. They were just well, going to be an easy buy for somebody. Do. Well, fa- fair enough, but you it's know, not just that the, it's tough to do. Their division, we Chicago. should beat them. Yeah, I mean, but you had a a great win against the Cardinals, and if the Packers hadn't win uh, hadn't won, you would have been in. Yeah, exactly. But Cardinals, Cardinals have looked better since Kyler Murray came back. They still have not been a good team since Kyler Murray came back. Um, uh, the Cardinals still finished the season three and six um, down the stretch. So it's not like like the presence of Kyler Murray really changed all that much for yeah. what the rest of the thing was. So a, a victory over the Cardinals by one gives me more questions about the Seahawks than than confidence. But at the same time, the Rams hell of a rebuild in one season <laughs> and yes. the 49ers like what can you say this is clearly the most talent laden team in the entire nfl yeah yeah 
So that that that's my small little Seahawks obligatory reference. Um, we do have one <laughs> more game that we want to talk about, uh, and that is the high. Uh, what I think was the highlight game for most people this past week, which yeah. is Bills versus Dolphins. Um, if the Bills win, they're the second seed. If they lose, they're the seventh seed. Like I don't think I've heard of anything yeah. so widespread Wide open, as far as yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But um, well, Josh Allen fair, looked very good in this matchup. Um, well, and, so I was just going to say, to be fair, the AFC South had something similar with with Jacksonville because they win and they they would win the division and be the fourth seed. Sure, but their opponent was the Titans, and they had nothing to play for other than playing right, spoilers. But lose the Dolphins and have out. the division oh. to play for still. Yeah, true, true, true. So, like, it was stakes for both teams. Like, you could argue that the Titans game was like, hey, if the Titans win, Mike Rabel may save his, save his job uh, based off of how poorly they played this season. And you know what? Like, they had issues with quarterback all season. They've got a, they were starting a rookie quarterback in Will Levis for a significant chunk of the season. So maybe the Titans are giving Mike Rabel one year to develop this guy. We haven't heard anything about Vrabel being in trouble, so I'm assuming no. he's not going to be no. fired. But going no, back can't. to the Bills and Dolphins, like the the Dolphins had control of this game for the first part. And I remember the chat with all of you, like multiple times, I think I saw like, what is Josh Allen thinking? And I think <laughs> you were one the, the the sender of one of those texts. Um, no, it might have just I think been Mark. I think it was yeah, in yeah. Mark. Yeah. But Josh Allen managed to take advantage of a tie score after Hardy had that amazing punt return. And then Josh Allen led them down uh, to a score with about seven minutes left. And then the defense held on kind of anticlimactic. You wanted to see, some, you would have wanted to have seen something a bit more like down the stretch, something changed. Yeah, but it, it, it was a weird game. It was. And again, it just, it, it confirms my belief that the dolphins are, I don't want to say they're frauds, but they just they can't win away against any decent team. They had one they had one good win against the Cowboys at home. Um, but the Cowboys aren't very good away <laughs> as well. So you look at the Dolphins and their whole season and say, where was their statement win? And you might say, Well, it's the Cowboys. But they finished eleven and six. Same record as the Bills. The Bills five weeks ago were six and six. Yeah. And they won their last five games to win the division. I mean, the Dolphins had the division in the bag. They they had a, yep. a, a three or four game lead over the Bills and it just got yep. wiped out. Um, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, again, similar similarly to the Eagles, but not on that level, I would say. But the Dolphins must be just, you know, where's the confidence there? They're just, there's nothing about them that gives me confidence going away from home and winning. Um, and, you know, now they have to go to Kansas City. Um, obviously, we'll chat about that with the matchups, but Tyreek Hill going back. But yep. that's certainly no gimme to play the defending champs. And, and you know what Arrowhead's like. So I, yeah. just, I just think the Dolphins have had a, such a wasteful season. They could have cemented the number two season. Um, they could have cemented the number two seed, and which would guarantee you at the most like two home playoff games. Yeah. Um, um, they just, even in this game, Josh Allen, I don't think you even think the Bills played that well, but they did just enough to win the game. I mean, they didn't have to win. They, tur- they, they turned the ball over a lot. Josh Allen was a bit of a turnover machine in the game. I mean, he is, he reminds me 
a little bit of, of Brett Favre, like the ultimate kind of gunslinger. He's, he's got all the talent in the world. He's just, you know, massive arm, can make all the throws. But he does sometimes throw it to the other team when it's kind of least expected. Sometimes? Um, well, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what you get with Josh Allen. Um, but again, when you're playing... You know, you were playing the Dolphins that didn't really want to win the game either, and they did. No, um, they they just they don't they don't seem to play with a lot of heart. I think the Dolphins, um, and I'm just not surprised that everyone was picking the Bills to win that game. So, yeah, I certainly would was was picking the Bills to win that game. Um, it's it's going to make for fascinating stories uh, because you do have the the. Uh, Tyreek Hill versus Chiefs matchup that got created because of the way that this fell, but ultimately, like we're we're gonna touch on this later. It was a weird year for the NFL. I'm not sure if it's an up year or a down year, but we'll talk on this later. Um, but that's our game recaps for this past week. Um, yeah. and one last time, taking a look at the past, um, we have some pickums that we have to discuss for this past week. Yeah. <laughs> biz it got really really close to the extent where everybody was just like right there do you remember what the scores were going into last week i do indeed i and know you that me know and you me and you were even at either eight or nine points each and i believe yes. the guests were also even they had nine. 10 points they had 10 points so we were so okay so they were one up, but yep. really the the the, the, the competition is <laughs> between me and you. The competition is always between me and you. It is. So it please, is. please, for the faithful out there, please enlighten. Well, we've already touched on one of the results. I picked the Eagles this past week, and clearly uh, that did not go anywhere because they got destroyed uh, by Tyrod Taylor and the the New York Giants. And Biz decided to ride Baker Fever. Who won you know their matchup? Boy, Baker Mayfield. Your, your favorite boy, Baker Mayfield. You went ahead and rid him, not just in to a victory in week 18, but because of that one point, I end the season with nine points. You, sir, end the season with 10 points for the third year in a row. Biz wins survival pickums. Biz, do you have anything to say to your loyal followers? Well, of course, it's another championship, as I like to call it. It's another trophy. It's another, um, you know, almost more important yeah, than I, the actual fantasy it, it, championship. It is more. It is more important than the fantasy championship. I have said that quite a few times on this podcast. Quite so, a few times. Yeah, just um, just happy to get another trophy under my belt. Um, my winning streak continues. But man, I mean, to be fair, it was almost a moral victory for you because. The the Buccaneers won nine nil against the Panthers, <laughs> so, so it was hardly a resounding a resounding victory. Um, however, I'm happy for that. Um, obviously, uh, so I now drew with the guests because they they Kelly picked this the 10. Browns. Yep. Kelly, Kelly picked the Browns, so, so it's ten. So 10, it's 10. You, the two of you got tied. So that means that you probably have to do the bracket challenge so that the two of you can figure out which one ends up better. Mm, mm, oh. <laughs> mm. That means I have to take that password off. I think. No, to me, it's all it, it's all about just the regular season pickums. And to <laughs> me, the guess that's a nice thing, but it's all the competition about me and you. Um, I believe I, I believe I've won the pickums 
for the third straight year. Is that that's what I just said? Yeah, third straight year. (laughs) Clearly, I was listening. Clearly, you were listening to me. Yes, I was. Um, So, yeah, um, I, I march on. So I have a couple uh, on the subject of how well the Bucks are. I just have one little interesting statistic I want to mention. Um, every like benchmark part of the season, like this month finished. Let's see how every team did that month. October finished. Let's see how every team did that month. I went ahead and I did my monthly, not for December. I did December plus January because January only had a couple of weeks. So I'm like, let's just lump the last chunk of the season into it. Only one team in the AFC went undefeated from December onward, and that was the Bills. And the next closest team to that was the Ravens, and that was because they sat everybody in the last week of the season. So if you factor out the one game that the, the Ravens sat, then the Ra- then the Ravens and the Bills were the best teams in the AFC going the, okay. down the stretch. They finished the one and two. That's no shock. In the NFC, there were two teams that finished five and one. No team went undefeated down the stretch. One of those teams was the Rams, hmm. who you and I have, have yeah. talked about are one of the scariest of teams the going teams. to the play- yeah, one, playoffs. Yeah. Bucks, Saints, both of those teams were four and one down the stretch. And whoever won that game was going to be five and one going down the stretch. Yeah. So it's really fascinating. Like, it, there's a chance that the Saints could have won the division and that they yeah, would have been the one Bucks of the hottest teams yeah. in the league. Like, yeah. you remember my midseason pick. I looked at the Saints as like, this is a team that could get hot at the right moment. And I picked them to go all the way to the NFC Conference Championship game. Clearly, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> the Bucks have had this similar, like, instilling confidence down the stretch. Now, I have to take a look at their schedule. I don't know how, how much of their own division they played the last month or so. And that may infer a lot more. Actually, not even really all that many, it looks like. Um, let me take a look at this. They played... No, more than half of the games were against their own division. They beat the Jaguars, they beat the Packers, and then they beat their own division four times. But or three times instead of one. That's so, yeah. hard to do. So I was wrong. They didn't play the Saints in the last week of the season. They played no, the, they didn't. They, uh, they lost they to the, the Saints Panthers. the previous week. They played the Panthers. Yeah, they played the Panthers. Yeah, the Saints. The one loss was to the Saints. The Falcons. The Saints played the Falcons. Oh, that um, would have been a much better story. Oh. I'm just happy. I'm I'm happy for Baker Mayfield that he's got back into the playoffs, given all his trials and tribulations and travails over the last couple of years for him to find a kind of stable home and a place where he fits and he's had a pretty good year um he's we've we've chatted about him a bit he's a good he's a good starting quarterback he's not elite but he's a good starting quarterback in the nfl when you put the right pieces around him and a system where he can be productive you can win with him and and he's shown that in a division you know this year and they get a home playoff game but I have to say, well, you, you, you brought the Saints up. We have to talk about yeah, we do. what happened. Uh, the, what, what was that? I've never seen. I mean, that was like people disobeying military orders and going, you know, the deserters, as, as you used to call them in the, in, the, in the world wars, where people just, it's just like the coach calls a victory formation. And Jameis Winston goes rogue and says, well, the team, no, we want to get uh, Jamal Williams a touchdown. I mean, that's, it's a little bit classless. Weren't they winning 41-17 at the time? They ended up winning 41-17, I think. Oh, they ended up winning 41-17. Okay. Uh, I, I've, I've, I was just like, man, that's, that, that there is, there's no strong leadership there. In, in, in that's that. what that stresses to me as well. And... 
I think Jameis Winston just like he, I don't know if that was him that made the decision. He made the comment that like this was the team that did that, but he has clearly become that, yeah. the figurehead in the scapegoat position to True. uh go ahead and take the blame, the the public figure face. Like this is no different than on the last couple of drives, uh Brady throwing a ball to Gronk so Gronk can make a million dollar bonus. Um, rather than kneeling it down like that, that happened when they were in Tampa Bay. Uh, you saw all the Adam Schefter tweets this past weekend. Like this person needs exactly this to be able to get this much money. So down the stretch, you were trying to think this. What was happening with Jamal Williams was last year he was the league leader in touchdown scored because he was the short lineback for the Lions, and this year yeah. he hadn't scored any because he was on a team with Alvin Kamara, um, right. and he wasn't even the the rotational back. I forget what the name of the kid who filled in a few times uh, was, but he was. He didn't really get that much playing time, but I think because it's hard to say, like, I, I hate to say that I think that Jameis Winston may have talked himself out of being re-signed by the Saints. Yeah. He's a free agent after this year. Um, I mean, Shannon Sharp went on a tirade about he should be cut today because it was just. Um, a, I mean, there's a, like, no point at this point for him being cut today. Like it's no, his contract course, is what yeah. it is because he's not yeah. playing anymore and then it's going to. But just expire. as an aside. It was 41-17 at the time. And with oh that touchdown, God. they won 48-17. So that just adds fuel to the fire. It was just a very, yeah, very odd, odd situation. At the same time, there's also this sentiment of, like, at, the game should have been over. And yes, they should have knelt down because, like, injuries can happen on any play. Like, what if a, a defender happened to, like, trip and then get stepped on and suddenly he's got an ACL tear on the last week of the season and suddenly he's out next year as well. Like that's yeah. an extreme situation, but you have to be worried about things like that. I'm less worried about hurting the other team's feelings because hey, you let the other team score 41 points, so that's also on you. But yeah, still kind of classless, but I understand why they did get it, but I think Chambers uh, Winston also played himself out of potentially being on the team last year. Next yeah. year. We have one little story regarding the playoffs, and I think we'll talk more about it in the recap next week when we see this, but how awesome is it going to be to see Matt Stafford and the Rams going back to Detroit and the Lions? You're seeing Stafford playing in the playoffs at a place he called his home for a, nearly for a decade or so. Well, people say that, but I also find it hilarious that like no one's brought up the fact that Jared Goff is playing against his former team as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Like, literally ev every single storyline I've seen is like Matt Stafford is going back to Detroit where he was great, even though the team was horrible for over a decade. And I'm like, you know, the other quarterback played for the other team as well. So I just, I just find it so odd that no one's mentioned that Jared Goff is playing for the team that he went to a Super Bowl with as well, not that long ago. So I think that uh, that does create some really interesting storylines obviously um are we doing predictions now or i think doing predictions now is probably okay a good let's, thing. let's do it i've already but... set my bracket so i'm just gonna follow my bracket okay i haven't yet um, so you're free to just... change your mind when you set your bracket absolutely yeah so um uh, so we're just doing the games this weekend correct just the games this weekend in the just past the games this weekend. we have done every single week you know what listeners Let's give ourselves a little bit of a leeway this year. We're going to do the bracket challenge. That's going to put our thoughts in stone right now. But for you guys, we're going to put forth the best content we possibly can. Uh, so we have six games okay. to predict. There's two games that I'm just like, oh, I want to watch those so bad. But this honestly looks like a great slate. Um, 
Biz, why don't you start off? Sure. So, well, while we're, while we're there, I'm just going to, we were just talking about the Lions Rams. So I'm going to, I think it creates some interesting storylines. My, my head is saying the Lions. No, sorry. My, my heart is saying the Lions, but my head is saying the Rams. I actually think the Rams have a better team. Like on paper, even though the Lions had a much better record, I think the Rams actually have a better team. Matt Stafford is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He is, the last half of the season, he's played really well. Like he wasn't he very really good at the has. beginning. Yeah, so you've got Matthew Stafford with all that championship know-how and Puka Nakua, who CJ Stroud is obviously going to probably now going to get the rookie of the year. But I think it's a toss-up between him and Puka Nakua. Personally, I think they should share it, but it's always a quarterback, so it's going to be CJ Stroud. Um, but they've still got Aaron Donald and they still have Cooper Cup. So I think I think the Rams are going to go in there and win. And the main reason for me is again just playoff know-how and playoff experience. You have a team that basically has never been there in God knows how long in the Lions. And I almost think there's just too much expectation. I think the pressure is going to get to them. I think the Rams, again, are going to play loose and free. I think the Rams have people on that team that were with the championship team. They have players on that team that know how to win. And I think in those games, when it gets tight, or if it gets tight, experience counts and i in that situation as well i will trust matthew stafford more than jared goff i i feel that and honestly i wouldn't be shocked like i mentioned the rams are the scariest team for me um the lions have already accomplished what they said in their beginning yeah. of the team meeting uh which was we're going for the division they've got the yeah. division they're one of the scariest teams there and honestly this team feels like it could be like when the beginning of the McVay rams happened and I think they lost in the first round of the playoffs that year. Actually, I think that was when they lost to Foles in like the second round or the yeah. may have been in the NFC Championship game. I forget which which round that they lost, but you, you kind of feel like this Lions team feels like it's ascending. It may not be all the way there yet. That being the case, I do think this Lions team is going to get one game, and it terrifies me to take this team against the Rams, who again scariest team in the playoffs. Uh, for me, but uh, uh, something about the Lions makes me want to pick them, so I will. Interesting. Okay. Why don't we move on to your favorite team in the NFL, Cow Dallas Cowboys, hosting the Green Bay Packers? Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, there's so much. I, I so want to pick the Packers, but I just cannot see it happening. Um, the Cowboys have just been too good this year. I'm just going to leave it there. I think the Cowboys are going to win. I don't think it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be too much trouble for the Cowboys either. Um, I just think, like you said with the Lions, the Packers have achieved, I think, above above what they thought they were going to do this year by getting to the playoffs. And I think this is where their run comes to an end. I completely agree. I'm also picking the Cowboys for the first round. Uh, and I don't want to say that I did, don't trust Jordan Love. Um, no, an ascension like that, team. that fast, yeah. um, after having like all the expectation in the world on you, like I wouldn't be shocked if he started to take a little bit of a run right now just because he's played so well and he's been poised so well. But I, I think the Cowboys are just too good. And I think Dak Prescott is playing like that guy right now. Uh, and that leaves the last NFC game as the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you're getting the Philadelphia Georgia Bulldogs versus Baker Mayfield. Where are you, where are you going? <laughs> I'm, going I'm going with Philly. 
I think eventually the rot has to stop somewhere. And I do think on paper they are still a very good team. And I think sometimes it's a bit like what happened with San Francisco where they lost three, they were five and oh, and then they lost three on the trot. And everyone were like, everyone was like, what's happened to San Francisco? And again, a blip happens. And this has been much larger than a blip, like six weeks or so. But if there's one team that the Philadelphia Eagles wanted to play, it'd be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're, they're not the strongest team in the NFC. That You know, they won their division at nine and eight. Yes, they have to go to Tampa, but it's not one of those difficult, difficult places to go and play like Arrowhead or Seattle or Lambeau or Pittsburgh. So I, I, I think the Eagles are going to eventually turn this around and I think this will be it. I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks defensive depth chart right now. And I think that this game is going to be dependent on whether or not A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith. Uh, match up better or poorly against the secondary. That's Jamel Dean, uh, Carlton Davis, Ryan Neal, and Antoine Winfield. And Antoine Winfield's been playing at all, all world level at the safety position for the past couple of years. He's, he's kind of incredible. Um, I'm looking at the, the players on this front seven. Shaq Barrett's playing fine. Levante David's playing fine. Devin White's he's there right now. Yaya Diaby, uh, this this edge rucker rookie for the Bucks, has been playing out of his mind for the past half of the season. Uh, you've got Logan Hall as a second round pick. Vita Vea, Kalijah Kansi. I'm looking at this Bucks front seven, and I just I think they're going to match well against this um, against Jalen Hurts right now. So it's kind of going against my conventional wisdom, and and I think I'm backing myself into a trap, but I'm going to take the Bucks here. You only do that. You, you see, you gave all this analysis, and ultimately, it's because Baker Mayfield was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's who my you're analysis said nothing that's about the offense with. for the Bucks. It had entirely well, exactly everything to do saying. with the the the, the base no, defense. No, it's because Baker Mayfield is your boy, and you can't bring yourself to pick against him. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the pictures on your wall back there. Is that you hugging Baker Mayfield in a picture on the wall over there? I think Never. it is. Yeah, I think it is. He did uh, anyway, win me the pickums. He did win me the pickums. He did forever win me the in my pickums. heart. Forever <laughs> in my heart. Moving on to the Waddle. AFC picks. Um, let's start with what I think is the least interesting team, and yet what I think is going to end up being one of the best matches, and that's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Like this just yeah. has the feeling like if the weather turns, you're going to get like the two teams that are best fit to play in cold weather in one of these like all time classic. Uh, playoff matchups. I don't know how the weather is looking like. We are expected up here in the Northwest to get a blizzard, and I know that that's on the opposite side of the country, but all I can think about is how cold I'll be. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Bills. I'm going to pick the Bills for the, for this one. Though. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm going to pick the Bills too. That's being said, this is the one that I'm a little bit uneasy about. I just don't know what it is about the Steelers. I still cannot believe they're in the playoffs with the team they have. And the quarterback issues, the, the quarterback issues that they've had this year with Mason Rudolph's now at the helm. They had Kenny Pickett and then they had Mitch Trubisky for a bit. It's unbelievable to me. And yeah, they got George Pickens, but you know, there's nothing that really excites you about the Steelers. And yet they got in as a seventh seed. And beware Mike Tomlin again. He's just great coach. And the Buffalo Bills are, they've been on an amazing run. It's at Orchard Park. I can't see them losing at home to the Steelers. 
one thing to keep in mind, um, TJ Watt, who did end up leading the league in sacks this past year, uh, he's got a knee injury that's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks if the the Steelers are playing that long. I don't think that uh, that the the Steelers are going to do too well without the presence of TJ Watt there. I think you're going to see this going to mm. be a, a p- pretty big scoring game for the Bills just because of that one aspect. Uh, let's move to the other side of the AFC North, uh, where the Cleveland Browns are going to head down south to Houston. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Uh, this one is the hardest one for me to pick because... It's so tough. It's, it's heart versus head, because obviously, as people know, I you know through familial ties, I'm a kind of Cleveland Browns fan a little bit. He's not even closeted the, Browns fan. He's just a Browns fan at this point. And the, and the rat, not well, not really. And a, as well as a half Seattle and New Orleans Saints fan as well. I've got some gear of all those three teams um, and Chargers. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I forgot. To, I, for, I forgot to mention that. I forgot to mention that. So, I, I just feel that this run is going to come to an end. And it's going to fall flat, flat on their face somehow. But every week they've been saying that, and every week Joe Flacco has proved everyone wrong. Like even uh, you know, go, going back to fantasy, if I played Joe Flacco and Najee Harris, I would have won the final. And uh, just looking at all the the rankings on all the great po- uh, all the great websites and podcasts, they still had Joe Flacco around the 17th or 18th quarterback that week. And he ended up, I believe, well, certainly in the top three that that week against the Jets where he threw over 300 yards, three touchdowns. I believe he had 29 and change points. He just keeps proving people wrong and he can air it out. However, they're going away. And I just think CJ Stroud, has, has they're onto something there. This is, this is such a tricky thing because Cleveland Browns have the best defense in the league. Miles Garrett's been awesome. Can they stop CJ Stroud? Um, which I think they can, but the, the, uh, the flip side is, can the Houston defense stop Joe Flacco? I, I, this is a toss-up for me, but I am leaning towards the Texans. My heart says the Browns, my head says the Texans. We forget. I haven't said my pick yet, have I? No, you haven't. No. Um, contrary to what I did in the NFC, um, the Browns are one of those teams that you just have to be terrified about because Miles Garrett is is phenomenal, uh, one of the best players that's out there. And um, while the offensive line for the Texans is fantastic, I I think the only member of the offensive line for Houston that can match up against Miles Garrett is going to be Laramie Tunsil, and I think he's going to eat the rest of that line alive. Um, there's nothing that makes a great pass rusher feel better than having a rookie quarterback in front of you who isn't necessarily known for his mobility. Not saying that CJ Stroud can't run, but that's not what you think about when you think of CJ Stroud. Uh, I think you're going to see a big game out of Miles Garrett unless they find a way to be able to double team in and not leave the other people open. So I'm picking the Browns to go into Houston and win the Deshaun Watson battle, uh, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson is not going to play. (laughs) He's not playing. He's not playing. Uh, and that leaves just the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs hosting in Arrowhead, the Tyreek Hill Dolphins. This has got a lot of story implications in it. I mean, 
It does, but I just I, I think this arguably is the easiest game to pick all week. I just I've got no faith in the Dolphins yeah. whatsoever going into Arrowhead and causing an upset. Zero. Yeah. And if they do, fair play to them. Like maybe they'll prove everyone wrong. I don't know anyone that's picking the Dolphins. Um no. I, I just I can't see it. I don't even need to go into any of that. I mean, the Chiefs haven't been great this year, but they're at home and they've got Patrick Mahomes, so I'm picking them. Yeah, it's hard to to disagree with picking the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, the this was a down year for the Chiefs. This is a down year for a lot of teams. Uh, there wasn't yeah. even there were really only two great teams in the entire league with the Cowboys. Yeah. With the Cowboys kind of sneaking into those two yeah. as well, but not even really. So it's it's kind of hard to be able to like knock teams because they weren't as great as they have been before. You're getting Pat Mahomes going to be playing at home again in the playoffs where he's always played. Um, honestly, the main reason why I'm rooting for Pat Mahomes to root this week is because I want to see what happens when he goes on the road in the playoffs now, because that will have to happen if he wins this week. Because they are the they're the yeah. three seed, which means three. that no matter what, if he the has Bills, to, if they win, yeah. Well, actually, if the Bills lose, if the Bills lose, then the Chiefs yeah. would host the game in the second round. The Chiefs so, would, yes, they would. Yeah. I'm clearly so. I, not only have I picked the Bills and the Chiefs, I'm rooting for the Bills and the Chiefs to win their games because I want to see the playoff between Allen and Mahomes again after that awesome game we saw a couple years in ago. And I want to see it yeah. in Buffalo. I think that yeah. that would be an awesome match. Yeah, no, watch. I agree. I agree. So just to recap, Biz picks Rams, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Texans, Chiefs. We have three teams in common. I picked the Lions, Cowboys, Bucks, Bills, Browns, and Chiefs. We both picked the Cowboys, Bills, and Chiefs. We split on the other three. So there is an opportunity for both of us to end up with different scores than the other. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited about this week's playoffs. Um, we have a few more stories that we want to talk about. Try to yeah. get through these as much as possible. One of them, I think, is going to be a bigger topic that we talk about weeks and weeks down the road. College football playoffs ended last yeah. night. And yeah. I think the game for the longest time looked a lot closer than it actually was. But Michigan took an early lead. Uh, the two teams were trading, like, testing, like, plays for the majority of the time. And then down the stretch, Washington's still down. And they only they kept it within a score for most of the game. Like, j j j for listeners who haven't seen, Michigan blew out the, the, the Huskies. Um, but it was a one-score game up until, like, into the fourth quarter for a good bit. Yeah, with about and five then, minutes to go. Yeah. And then Washington decided, you know what, we have to make some big plays happen. We have to throw the ball significantly more because they were the ones who had to make the big plays happen. And that's where Michigan got them. When you tested the defense for bigger plays, turnover after turnover after turnover, and each of those turnovers turned into points opportunities that Michigan just took advantage of. So see, it looked yeah, a lot closer for the middle part of the game than I think the game actually was. I think Michigan was just that much better and neither team was budging until it had to happen. Yeah, I, I, I think the game was won or lost in that fourth quarter where it was it was one score. It was I believe it was 2013 to Michigan. Yes, it was. And and everyone was going three and out. And and if you give a good team like Michigan opportunity, eventually they're going to score. Washington had multiple opportunities after Stopping Michigan because the first quarter they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Yep. Um, they and, and yet they were Michigan only were down by one score. Rushed, exactly. Michigan were running rushed all over them. They fixed it in the fourth quarter. Washington was getting opportunities and they and they just couldn't. Even when they got a bit going, they just couldn't score. 
And yep. but there were also a lot of missed opportunities for Washington. But for um, there was one play where Oduze was open and he, and Penix Jr. overthrew him. There was yep. another. There was another kind of throw where the receiver drops it. It wasn't the best throw, but the receiver should have caught it and it would have been a touchdown. I believe it was on a fourth and seven. It's those um, type of plays that if they got made, there would have been that would have been the play of the game type of situation and yes. the great players make those plays. Yeah, and I think it just shows, it showed kind of, I, I don't think there was that much. This wasn't Georgia TCU last year. There wasn't that much between the two teams, but Michigan showed they're the best team in the country and will... Jim Harbaugh now ride off into the sunset and go to uh, my favorite team, the LA Chargers. <laughs> I think that's a great way to segue into the next topic. Uh, and, and the answer is, I think, yes. I think Jim Harbaugh finally got what he wanted, which was a national championship yeah. or a world championship of some kind. Yeah. Uh, he accomplished what he wanted to do, which was he rebuilt Michigan after being he so did. overwhelmed by Ohio State. Yeah. And now they're in a good situation. I think even if he leaves, they have the stability in place where team whoever comes after him is going to be successful. But I think that he has more that he wants to prove. And there are five uh, head coaching opportunities open at this moment. Uh, and those head coaching opportunities uh, are the LA chargers. Um, apparently the players are, are rallying behind interim head coach gift to potentially hold on to the team. Um, you have the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of players on the team want Antonio Pierce to hold on to that, which honestly, I yeah. would be on that same boat. I think he should. Yeah. Uh, you have the uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I still forget who they're... I we think we did this last week. Oh, I forget who it's their, their interim, interim head coach is. It's their interim. I don't know. It's their is, interim yeah. head coach. Um, and <laughs> then uh, this just yesterday on Black Monday, and uh, this is being recorded on Tuesday, clearly, since we... Talked about the game happening last night for the college football playoff. Uh, Washington Commanders dismissed Ron Rivera, and uh, the Atlanta Falcons dismissed Arthur Smith. So we have four head coaching opportunities that are right now. There is yeah. the conversation that Bill Belichick has not fully disclosed what the meeting with uh, with Kraft was, and I think that meeting either took place last night or it took it's going to take place today. Belichick said in his press conference he was open to like new things that were happening. And I think that's him just trying to hold on as much yeah, as he possibly can. I mean, can. again, is it... Okay, so first of all, let me go back to Jim Harbaugh. Everything we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is... He's a... Jim Harbaugh's a really good coach. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he, you know, we always talk about there are a few coaches in the college ranks that translate to the NFL. And he's done it kind of both ways and gone back. Yeah. Like, he was at Stanford, turned them into a very Succeeded. strong program succeeded goes to the nfl does a great job in san francisco succeeded. takes him to a uh takes him to a super bowl like they were perennial playoff contenders when he was there then he goes back to the college ranks goes to michigan completely turns over um changes that program turns them into it they beat ohio state three times in a row finally a uh, uh, national championship and an undefeated season going back to it it can't where does he go from here at michigan like it could I don't want to say it can only go downhill, but maybe they can win another national championship. But it's tough to do, particularly with a 12-team playoff next year. It I is. think this is this is the perfect send-off for him to be like, my work is done. I'm going to go back to the NFL. Now, they always say with the head coaching jobs, you ideally a great fit is where there's a quarterback. And so for me... The, the the best opening is clearly the charge. The Washington Commander. Oh wait, 
<laughs> the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. Uh, well, the Raiders, Jimmy G. Jimmy G's still there. So, uh, uh, so yeah. maybe, 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 well, no, but I mean, Jimmy G as in like, he is technically their starter because he went down, didn't he? He's That's injured. true. Well, see, do you reckon Bill Belichick might go there? Reunite with his oh. protege? <laughs> but no. He might. Think, he really wanted the opportunity. I, I think the, I think Jim Harbaugh will definitely, if the Chargers look at him, he will definitely be interested in that job because he's, He's kind of a West Coast, like he was in San Francisco. And I think I think that would really show a lot of appeal to him. And defensively, they've still got a lot of appeal. I mean, they've got so much talent on that team. We always talk about it. Talent-wise, they are arguably the most talented team in the NFL. So to me, that is about coaching. Um, and I think he's a coach that wherever he goes, people will respect him because he is one everywhere. Um, so... I, I do think he's going to go to the NFL. Uh, Bilicek, I've got no idea. Yeah. I just can't see him relinquishing power. Just to stay a little bit on Harbaugh for a second, I think he's the perfect person to go to the Chargers. Not just because, hey, they've got a defensive scheme in mind. Um, he can go in there and he can institute a culture, uh, which yeah. is, you can argue that team is lacking at this point. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he's got all the talent. He's got the quarterback who who's just got the big arm, who's still young hasn't suffered injury significantly throughout his career. He's locked up under contract, so you know there's stability there. Tell me any other head coaching candidate right now that you would want to put in a division that has to play against Pat Mahomes twice a year. I can't yeah. tell you of anybody no, else. If you want yeah. somebody that's like, I want this challenge because yeah, I'm angry about this challenge, it's yeah. Jim Harbaugh. It, I agree, and he's someone that would relish it. That he's not, he wouldn't be scared about going and it creates a challenge in the division yeah, that it does. Sean Payton may become at some point. Uh, right. we, we don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but Jim Harbaugh can take the Chargers and flip it. Yeah. Um, as far as the other uh, head coaching opportunities that are out there, I, I honestly want to see Ben Johnson from the Detroit Lions uh, get an opportunity. There's talks about him potentially going to either Atlanta or Washington. I really want to see Antonio Pierce do good things with the Raiders uh, and continue to have that job because I think he did earn it just like I thought uh, Rick Masaccia do last yeah. year or a couple years yeah. ago when the same thing happened. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think the Panthers are going to need like a complete overhaul. Like that may be the spot where you see Belichick go to just because like it has to be somebody who comes in and like completely changes the entire scheme. I just don't think Belichick yeah. wants to deal with that owner that's over there. Yeah, it's just tough with Bilicek. I, I can't. I don't think there's retiring. a spot for him. No, I, and I do. A lot of people have said this that he's so institu like he built that institution in New England. Does he? Is he even going to have the heart to go somewhere and change? And also, is his method getting a little bit old now? Has the new generation kind of passed him by a little bit? I just and also again a lot of people are saying he won't want to uproot and maybe go to the West Coast or something, which almost leaves really Washington as kind of the true opener. I think they will talk to Bilicek because I do think that he will institute a good like taken over from Ron Rivera, who did change the culture a little bit. Um, but again, they don't have a quarterback, and we've seen what New England did without a quarterback. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch. But yeah, well, I think with that. I think that's the end of this episode talking about uh, what was a jam packed, lots of news, lots of football this past week. And it's only going to get more impactful as the next weeks go on. Um, but Biz, do you have any shout outs? 
I do, actually. Um, I'm going to shout out. I, I did it a few weeks ago, but I'm going to shout him out again. Um, Luke Littler, the amazing 16-year-old who went all the way to the Darts World Championship final at the age of 16, um, came up short. He was actually leading the final 4-2 at one point and fourth. And then Luke Humphreys, who ended up won one five sets on the trot and won 7-4. But just an amazing achievement for someone so young. Um, he's kind of changed changed the face of the sport in back home in the UK. He's gone viral. Um, and so uh, congrats to him. Um, I have to give a shout out to a rookie on the team that I think is the scariest team in the NFC right now. I have to give a shout out to Puka Nakua. Um, mm. We were talking about this kid after day one uh, of the NFL season, and he just continued to do well. A lot of people, myself included, thought he was going to trail off when Cooper Cup came back, and he was just in stride the entire time but this past week puka nakua hit the nfl record for rookies uh for most catches in a season with 105 and most receiving yards a season with 1481 yards in a rookie season like a great season is for a rookie is like did you break a thousand and this guy was knocking on 1500 I do have to put the asterisk that uh, the rookie record from before was 1473, which was set back in 1960. And I think they had maybe 10 games that season, something like wow. that. So you have to put wow. that into perspective. Um, but at the same time, since then, nobody else had done it. And mm. he had, even though he got 1,481 yards for the whole season, he had 1,445 through week 17 after 16 right. games. So yeah, you so, can take a yeah. look the last several, a couple of decades or so, and he was still better than those because they didn't play. He didn't. He'd only had a twenty-eight yards in the entirety of this last game. It's not like they they just kept force feeding him to get him in the last. No, that probably season. yeah. Hats off to Bukunakua, one of the most impressive rookie campaigns that I've seen in a very very long time. I'm terrified that I have to deal with you for the next few years. <laughs> and with that, my coffee is empty. And the only thing that I can say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.